So there's a few other things I'd like to, in our short time together, Kathleen, to cover here is during this pandemic, how are you maintaining your lab and keeping your lab technicians and researchers employed? Well, I have to say it is very challenging. And part of the reason that it's challenging is because there's no precedent for doing this. So I've been trying to be as mindful as possible. My goal is to provide a supportive environment for my lab members. That's the priority. They need to yes. stay healthy and they need to stay safe. And any research that we get done on top of that is great. But um, if, even if we don't get the research done, but they're healthy and safe at the end of this, I consider that a victory. Um, nevertheless, my lab group has been amazing. They each work from home. Uh, they have converted some of their, you know, some of them have been thinking about doing dissertation chapters, so they needed to work in the lab. And they changed that chapter to where they're doing data analysis or mm -hmm. literature reviews. Um, and so they've all been flexible, we've all managed. Uh, one of the changes that I'm most excited about is one of my students who is a former DACA recipient um, changed her dissertation chapter from a lab-based chapter to one where she's developing a workshop called Reclaiming STEM that provides a community for um, people from historically underrepresented groups to get together and talk about science and science communication. And so that's been really wow. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So are there though lab properties, lab specimens and all that that are uh, in danger of not um, keeping, uh, that are, I'm not spoiling, but uh, that you're, how do you keep the integrity of your specimens? For the most part, I'm lucky. Fungi are pretty <laughs> resilient and they, can, oh, okay. and they can deal with almost every sort of condition, but we've just been able to freeze a lot of them. And um, my lab technician, AJ, she will come into the lab every couple of weeks as she feels comfortable. And, you know, as long as nobody else is there, you know, that's, that's fine with her. And just to make sure that all the freezers are still running and everything. We had a greenhouse study with plants, but we had to let those plants die. We couldn't get in there enough to um, keep the experiment going. So some of the things have, have um, we've had some trouble with, but we've been able to manage. So you've taken your lab coat to city hall and to uh, yeah. movements and rallies and all that. So your lab coat, are you also taking it to get we're, we're in a, little, a bit of a shortage of scientific acceptance in Orange County. Are, are you yeah. seeing a role where how you learn to engage the public in science literacy that you can apply to people understanding with a little more sophistication the pandemic and their individual roles in stemming, I shouldn't say, must say stemming, their individual roles in, in minimizing the spread of COVID-19? Yeah, so I, I realized um, right at first when the pandemic was first starting to spread in California that it was very important to tell people about the need for masks and social distancing and even to try to encourage UCI to shut down the campus. Uh, so I did speak out quite a bit then and it was mostly through social media and okay. through indiv individual interactions. I actually, one of the things I study in my lab is epidemics uh, because fungi can cause diseases mm -hmm. and some of the diseases that they cause can become more widespread. 
under climate change. So I actually felt like I had, you know, the ex expertise to address this. Fortunately, um, uh, community leaders listened and there was, I mean, I wasn't the only voice speaking out about this. So I do think that this is part of my role and it was very, very helpful to have these skills I had developed for climate change and the contacts that I had developed, like with City Hall, um, to bring those to bear on this issue. Speed dial to your mayor now. Exactly. Being... Yeah, exactly. So my final question with you, Kathleen Traceder, is what then do you see, this is June of 2020, what do you see yeah. as your role in electoral engagement on UC Irvine's campus? Well, I think for 2020, this upcoming election is so, so, so important. And we can't get complacent about it. We always have to act as if we're losing every single seat so that we can keep mobilizing. I'm working Mobil on mobilizing volunteers for campaigning and also helping train them to deal with remote campaigning because we're all <laughs> working remotely now. We can't do the normal things like rallies or press conferences. Those are things. So we're working on that. And then I also am getting very interested in running for office in the future, not oh. for this election. Yeah, but in the future. Which and so, office interests you, Kathleen? Um, I was probably a local office, but I haven't decided exactly yet. But what I want to do is make sure these local policies that I've been advocating for are really cemented, make sure that they go forward in the long term. So I want to do that. And so I've been also taking training on how to be a candidate. So, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, I, I think we can see in your comportment that there's a great deal in your portfolio already for being a, becoming a candidate.